Hello, and welcome to Radio Free Cascade. My name is Abe Proctor. As we speak, it is the evening of Tuesday, April 14th. It was an absolutely glorious day today. I couldn't help thinking about how nice it must have been or would have been on our campus today with uh, students going to and fro, everything abuzz with activity, the trees blossoming. This is one of the nicest times of year in the Pacific Northwest and one of the nicest times of year to be on our campus. Uh, but here I am, here all of you are, each of us on our own little islands. So I hope you all are doing what you need to do to be good to yourselves, to make it through this, to support your communities to the best of your abilities. I just miss you all, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. So a couple items of business I want to get to before we uh, move on to the interview. Um, this week, the PCC Foundation launched the hashtag PCC Together campaign. This is a fund that is being established to address the many urgent needs that our students are facing right now. Um, I'm sure you don't have to strain your imaginations too much uh, to think about what a lot of our students must be dealing with right about now, and they can use every bit of support that we're able to give them. So um, if you're able, I want to encourage you to make a contribution to that fund. You can learn more at uh, pcc.edu slash foundation. That is the hashtag PCC Together Fund. So the second item of business is, um, you know, I really feel like y'all are not doing your homework. You're slacking. You're slacking. All I ask from you each and every episode is to pick up your smartphones, something I'm sure you do on the regular for all sorts of frivolous reasons. But now I want you to do it for an important reason. And that is to record a greeting to your colleagues and your students and your friends at the Cascade campus. It's so easy. That's why I say y'all are slacking. All you have to do is pick up your smartphone, find the voice recorder app. It may have a different name depending on what kind of phone you have, but they all have one. And you hold it up to your face and you reach down deep and you speak profound words of love and gratitude and support, you know, or mockery or teasing or challenges, whatever you want, to your colleagues and your friends and your students. You make that recording and then you email it to me at abeproctor at yahoo.com, A-B-E-P-R-O-C-T-O-R at yahoo.com. And it's not just greetings and shout outs I'm looking for. I know that all of you have hidden talents that you nurture in the darkness and safety of your own homes, maybe hoping for the day when you can bring them out into the light. And I'm here to tell you today that that time has arrived. It is time for you to stop hiding your light under a bushel cascade. It is time for you to step onto the stage and share your talent with the rest of us. So do it. Pick up your phone. Record something. It won't take you very long. Like 30 seconds. Seriously. And then you push a couple buttons and you've emailed it. You really have no excuse. I am tired of it. It is time for you all to step up. <sighs> all right. Moving on. Today's interview. I'm very excited about this one. This was a great conversation. Uh, for today's interview, we spoke with... Now I'm using the royal we. Look at me. <laughs> for today's interview, I spoke with the magnificent Carrie Weichel Delaplane. She is the director of the Swan Island Trade Center. Uh, we had an interesting conversation about uh, the current state of the CTE programs 
at Swan Island. CTE programs in general across the PCC district uh, have suffered some of the greatest impacts due to our closure from the coronavirus epidemic. As you might imagine, it's much more difficult to replicate the curricula of a CTE program in an online space. Um, you know, it's hard, for example, to um, do work in a laboratory or to do welding or really any such activity. Uh, it's much more of a challenge transitioning those types of programs to an online or remote setting. Um, but Carrie and her staff have been coming up with some really innovative ways to move some of the CTE curricula at Swan Island into a virtual space. So, so we talked about that uh, and about what she's doing um, to get through this difficult period in our lives. So without further ado, oh, there's something I forgot. <laughs> Carrie has also co coined one of what I consider to be the greatest additions to the English language in recent memory, and that is the word co-workitate. That is an absolutely fantastic word, co-workitate. Certainly a better addition to the English language uh, than selfie, for example, and it might even be better than bromance or frenemy. I think the jury is still out, but my vote is for co-workitate. Let's all do the best we can to peacefully cohabitate and co-workitate with our family members. So without further ado, here is the interview with Carrie Gweichel Delaplane. Enjoy. All right. Uh, we are joined today by uh, Carrie Weichel Delaplane. She is the director of the Swan Island Trade Center. Uh, Carrie, thank you so much for joining us on Radio Free Cascade. Thanks, Dave. Great to be here. Uh, so I have a bunch of questions for you. Um, cool. First of all, I'm wondering, uh, CTE programs in general at PCC have been uh, have suffered a, a, a more dramatic impact from our closure than a lot of other instructional programs for the simple reason that, uh, you know, so much of the CTE instruction is hands-on and has to happen in either a laboratory setting or a workshop setting or something mm -hmm. like that. So I'm wondering, um, what has been the impact at Swan Island? Yeah, well, the Swan, the Swan Island impact has been um, dramatic in welding. We, we weren't able to any, offer any of our classes this term. Um, mm. All our classes planned for the spring term were shop classes, and given the current state of affairs, we did have to cancel those. However, with that said, and we'll get to this, I think, later in the conversation, um, this has provided the faculty with a really interesting opportunity and, and me too, to, to really think creatively about welding and different ways that we can serve the community through our program, even outside of face-to-face. -face. So um, at Swan Island Trade Center, we were surprisingly able to run 17 of our classes um, remotely. So oh. we actually did probably a lot better than expected in terms of being able to quickly turn around some of our classes and offer them in a remote fashion. So, um, and all our apprentices are still moving forward in their programs. So there's, there's still a lot of positive uh, forward motion this spring, even despite some of the cancellations that we had to make. That is good news. So it hasn't been a complete freeze yeah. on students' progress. That's good. No, news. not at all. So I imagine that, that welding is very much one of those uh, sort of hands-on programs, um, you know, where you got to be yeah, there with the torch sure. in your hand and the mask on your face. Um, Definitely. But I, I would imagine that there are probably ways that you can, 
you know, provide uh, the theory behind welding remotely or in an online setting and possibly even do some demonstrations and things like that. So, mm -hmm. uh, so have yeah. there been discussions on how you can bring at least part of the welding programs curriculum uh, online? Absolutely. In fact, um, there are three, there's three lecture or series classes in welding that are on the books and the, um, those are actually being offered right now online through Rock Creek. And we are actually kind of putting our own spin on the 101 class to include some of the principles regarding the maritime industry that still align with the CCOG. So we're, we're working on um, polishing up our one-on-one -on -one curriculum um, for online delivery. And um, what, something really interesting that we're looking at doing, should we have to, actually, we may do this whether we have to do it, whether we're in the shop or not in the shop, summer term is, um, we're, we've been working and, and um, really building a, a great partnership with U.S. Probation, which is mm -hmm. the, um, the agency who manages uh, federal release folks through their probation period. And they have training dollars for their, they call them clients, they have training dollars for their clients, and um, we're, we're considering them our students. And we've been working with them to look at um, actually having their students take 101 with us remotely in the summer and then move right into the maritime welding program uh, or the welding pathway, the maritime welding pathway. So um, we actually had had like about 12 um, U.S. probation students in our pipeline for this spring term and obviously weren't able to fulfill that given the remote operation thing. But they're really, we're, we're all really excited about the prospect of them taking 101 online, getting the foundations, and then boom, moving right into maritime, or if that's not the right fit for them, into one of our certificate programs. So we're looking at creative ways to serve our community um, with maybe even more of a hybrid format. So there's some cool things in the works. Well, that's remarkable. So in a period where your physical facilities are completely shut down, you're taking this yeah. group of incoming students and they're able to take that first educational step, even in this situation we're now facing. Um, exactly. Very well done. I'm, that's impressive. Nice work. Yeah, we're, ex we're excited. And I mean, it, it aligns with something that, that the team had been bringing to my attention since I started. We don't currently have a prerequisite for our... Um, our open entry, open exit welding program. And often what will happen because of that is we'll have people jump into the open entry, open exit and need the need to learn the fundamentals, which isn't necessarily the purpose of the open entry, open exit. So the idea of actually having people take a 101 class first is just part of their progression that we've all agreed upon. Um, is a really great way to get people introduced to welding and have the fundamentals of safety, um, have a better understanding even of what kind of welding they're drawn to and what they might want to study. It just, it, it all around, it could just be such a great model and even improve our retention down the road. So yeah, we're, we're excited to see how this plays out. And U.S. probation, I know they, I mean, they, they just without, Without even, I don't want to say without even a lot of work, but because that's not true at all. But th this is the beginning of the 
the re- formalized relationship with them. So to get 12 people um, at the very beginning is just, I, I think that there's a really bright future ahead with that group. So out of tribulation, uh, something new and maybe even better is, is happening. That's fantastic. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So we touched briefly on um, you know bringing part of, for example, the welding curricula uh, into an online slash remote setting. So, so what might that look like for a welding student, say, in summer term or in fall term? Yeah, well, online for summer term, we're definitely looking at it like, uh, like I was saying, more, more of the theory classes, remote. And, you know, there might be some GoPros involved with the instructors doing some demos, like you were mentioning. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's hard it's hard to know exactly the best, you know, I think working on getting, making sure those curriculum are ready to go to deliver remotely is our, our first and important step. And as we get a better sense of uh, the lay of the land, if you will, and, and what, you know, what restrictions will be in existence for summer or for fall, if any, that I think that's going to help us decide what our next move is, you know, and, and where we spend our time and energy um, and creativity. So, you know, one one thing that comes to mind that the team and I have been discussing is the the idea of hands-on, but doing more of a hybrid fashion where we can have labs open and have folks come in in smaller groups instead of having the the shop filled to capacity. Um, you know, the federal government and and vigor obviously is um, instituting some. Uh, standards by which they test folks when they come to the shipyard every day so you know it's hard to know what our landscape's going to look like i mean we're shut down by virtue of the fact that our shipyard facility is a extension of pcc you know obviously but um you know it'll be interesting to see what the next you know how the guidance may change or evolve um as things continually shift so so we're taking it one step at a time and, and trying to be as nimble, positive, creative as possible. And um, yeah, and just see what possibilities exist. I mean, Dan, Dan and I were just talking before this uh, interview and talking about how if there was ever a time to really start advancing our work on securing the funds to, to build out our mobile welding trailer, it's now, right? Um, to be able to have a mobile facility and take it to places where people want to learn to weld and, and have it set up in a way where we can clean it out after people use it and have smaller groups in there could be a really interesting uh, tool for us to continue to advance training in our community. You know, Dan, Dan made a great point the other day that, you know, he said something that I hadn't quite known how to put words to, which is that, um, you know, for every person who doesn't get to take welding right now, that's one person who isn't ready to go for a job. That is that is a really stark way to look at it and probably a very helpful way to look at the situation. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. So you mentioned Vigor, and they, of course, are Vigor Industrial Corporation, one of the Swan Island Trade Center's uh, network of private sector partners. Uh, I'm wondering, mm-hmm. what have you been hearing from your private sector partners regarding uh, their business during this time of pandemic? Yeah, 
there, you know, there's a mix. I mean, I've, I've there have been some real challenges, um, you know, and we're seeing more like in the Port- Portland Business Journal today, there was more about, um, you know, how, how the impact on heavy industry, we're starting to see it uh, more and more on a daily basis in Portland. Um, Everaz, one of our, our huge partners for apprenticeship, they just laid off most of their workforce here in Portland, which includes a handful of our apprentices. Um, we're definitely hearing from, uh, I, I don't know the exact number. I don't know if it's in double digits yet, but we, we definitely have um, at least a dozen, if not more apprentices who've lost their, their jobs where they get their related training. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't then mean that they can't, they're, they're still registered apprentices through the state of Oregon and and um, can still take our classes, but however, um, you know, the key is that they need to, to get another job that will sponsor them as an apprentice. And, what, you know, we're trying to do everything mm-hmm. we can to help, too. But that, you know, that's part of the landscape of some of these companies who, who just aren't getting the orders that they had had piling up previously. And the Vigor Shipyard... Um, have gotten word that they've been scaling down their workforce and um, they're scaling back the work that they're doing for safety as well as, you know, I, I don't know about their orders slowing down, but definitely for safety. Um, and I, I've heard that a lot of their folks have been shipped out to like Hawaii to do work out there. But then that brings up the other side of the coin, which is when, when things start to pick up again for bigger, um, then they're gonna they're gonna need people in short order. So we're we need to we need to be ready to serve them and support them um, as things start to pick back up. Um, but you know, then on the other hand, there are some smaller companies who are still hiring. We like we just had we just learned that one of our maritime welding students who couldn't you know our maritime welding cohort couldn't complete their third term and. Um, we're still learning that that some of those folks are getting jobs in welding right now at some of the smaller <laughs> companies. So, so, so you know, it's it's it, it's kind of um, a little bit of everything all at once, right? Probably very very situational, depending on the nature of the work and the, yeah. the kind of business. Yeah, uh, are, have some of your bigger like Vigor, for example, uh, some of your bigger mm-hmm. private sector partners? Are they anticipating a backlog of work to do once the economy comes more or less back online? Yeah, I mean, Vigor still has that huge contract with the Department of Defense as mm-hmm. far as unless something's changed. I mean, there's still, you know, there's still a great deal of contractual work. And um, I mean, there's still building projects happening like there, you know, there's still work to be done by folks with welders in their hands even right now. And yes, um, I have been hearing that there will be a backlog when when the pipe, when kind of the, um, not the pipelines, what, what, I'm losing my words right now. <laughs> when we get um, back to something chain. approaching the, normalcy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, when the supply chains open up or, or, you know, get back to their, their regular pace, even if that is depressed a little bit by the, by the economy, they'll still, the supply chains are part of, I think of what, are slowing things down, right? Like right. people aren't able to get all the materials that they need in many cases to, to produce things. Yeah, indeed. And it really throws into relief uh, just how complex uh, supply chains have grown in our global economy. 
the ripples yeah, felt, no uh, kidding. you know, exactly. The ripples uh, felt a few months ago from shutdowns or, or the ripples that were originated by shutdowns in China a few months ago, or, you know, are going to be felt here and elsewhere around the world as time goes on. So uh, it's Absolutely. making, yes, it's making your decision to, to build more educational capacity now uh, look even wiser, I think. So I'm really glad yeah. to hear that, yeah. you're, that you're running the show down there. <laughs> oh, gosh, Abe, thank you. Yeah, you bet. This is all very encouraging. It's such a gift. It's, oh, that's cool. Well, you know, we, we have an incredible team there um, at Swan Island that um, makes me even more proud to be a Panther. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on the personal side of things, um, you know, how are things going for you? How are you uh, – you're passing your days when you're not uh, in Zoom meetings. <laughs> well, when I'm not in Zoom meetings at work, often I find myself in, in Zoom meetings with friends and family. Yeah. Zoom so has taken over our lives. <laughs> I know. I know. So um, I've been, I've actually, and, and then I don't know how many folks are familiar with an app called Marco Polo. But a friend of mine introduced me to Marco Polo, oh. which is like a video. It's it's kind of like they call it FaceTime for busy people. Uh, that's what I that I think they call themselves that Marco Polo. And it's like um, it's like a video chat text kind of thing where you can just you basically make a little video message and it lives in a thread with the people with individuals or a group that you set up. And so it's just this really fun and easy way to stay connected and watch it at your own time and kind of respond oh, cool. to the person whenever you're available. And so like between zoom and um, Marco Polo, I've been staying remarkably connected <laughs> to my family and friends, probably more so than normal actually. So that's um, cool. It, and, sound, it sounds like a zoom meeting except <laughs> without the contemporaneous part. A exactly. Pun a punctuated exactly. zoom meeting, if you will. <laughs> yeah and you can like mow your lawn and do it and listen to the people you know like you can do whatever you want and like i'll take a walk and just listen to the um marco polos that i've gathered throughout the day and it's kind of fun you know so we're living the dream. so i've been doing well yeah i'm living the dream i mean i've been cooking up a storm you know i live yeah. out in south southwest mm -hmm and drive to Swan Island typically on a, on a regular basis. So I found that I've gained a couple hours um, a day to cook more, which is something that puts me in kind of a meditative state and taps into my creative side. So that's been a real, that's been something that I've really been enjoying quite a bit. So I feel pretty, I, you know, it's uh, to be able to work and to be able to, um, feel healthy is such a gift that I, it's not that it's definitely not feeling lost on me yeah we are fortunate i think yeah right now yeah. yeah i've been doing a lot of cooking too it's not when you have a little extra time uh you know and you're not scrambling to throw together the after work after school meal uh, <laughs> you know you can make some really delicious things i've been enjoying that too yeah definitely uh, it's not fun definitely um now uh, your wife has been for some time yeah. living with uh, multiple sclerosis. Uh, so I'd like to yeah. ask you how, you know, what sort of uh, special challenges has the coronavirus outbreak posed to your household? Yeah, well, um, she is immunocompromised given the MS diagnosis and a few other autoimmune um, issues that she has. And so 
what it means. I mean, the way that we've just we've decided what it means for us is that I mean, we've really, really taken the physical distancing very seriously. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't I haven't been around other people or to the store or anything since in like three weeks now. So we we've really been taking it seriously and relying on um grocery delivery and other things and just trying to limit our exposure so um yeah i mean that's that's really what it's meant for us um which probably sounds pretty similar to a lot of other people you know but uh she's yeah but she's she's doing well she's definitely um using this time fatigue is her biggest um symptom if you will or factor from her ms and so she she teaches uh at a college here in portland and given the the hands-on nature of the classes she teaches they're not they're actually not offering classes this term so she's in she's in a (laughs) semi-retirement so that's that's been really good right now it's allowed her the opportunity to really get to rest and you know just hopefully heal and so so we're just trying to, you know, cohabitate, co-workitate, and just take good care. Co-workitate. I have to write that down. <laughs> I just made that up. That is so brilliant. Well, you might want to trademark that. <laughs> co-workitate. Co- we're co-workitating. We're texting each other throughout the day <laughs> in well, the same I- house. I'm glad to hear that you're you're taking necessary precautions and 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 making the best of things and it sounds like even uh, managing to thrive. So that's good to hear. Yeah. Um, definitely. Before we sign off, uh we, is there anything yeah. you'd like to say to your friends and colleagues at Cascade? <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a, how much time do I have, Abe? <laughs> <laughs> take, take as much time as you need, Carrie. I happen to have some time too. Uh, so go right ahead. <laughs> Well, <laughs> thank you. Um, I guess what I would just say is that, um, hmm, well, for starters, you know, I think absence really does make the heart grow fonder. Like, um, I've often thought that I grew up in small towns and um, Portland's the biggest city I've ever lived in. And um, I've realized part of what is a real gift about PCC is that it feels like you live in a town within a big city. Like it feels like a, such a important community to me and being at home and, and still getting to see folks. It just, it helps me kind of re remind me of what a expansive and, and cool community of people that we have and at PCC and at PCC Cascade. So I'm really grateful for that. And I just am also sending love and light to everyone um, and uh, holding folks close to my heart. Cause even, you know, even the parts that are, you know, where we have a lot of um, privilege, you know, different folks have privileges in different ways right now. This is also a really uncertain and um new time for i think pretty much all all of us in lots of different ways so i'm just holding everyone close and hoping that folks are taking good care so that's my message well thank you we all hope you're taking good care as well and uh, thank you yeah looking forward to uh, seeing your face again in the not too distant future yeah <laughs> right back at you all right well thank you so much for joining us on the podcast 
Thanks, Dave. It's my my honor. Thank you. Yeah, take care. Bye. And that brings us to the end of another episode of Radio Free Cascade. Um, let's all take Carrie's advice to heart and take good care. You need to keep yourselves in one piece uh, in advance of that time when we can all be together again. Anyway, uh, many thanks to Carrie for taking the time to talk to the podcast. Many thanks to those of you who sent in audio clips. Uh, for those of you who didn't, you have time. You have a phone. You can make it happen. So until next time, this has been Radio Free Cascade. Be good to yourselves. Be good to your families. Be good to your communities. And we'll see you next time. Hi, PCC students. This is Dean Miranda from Cascade Campus, wishing you a very successful and healthy semester. Please let us know how we can support you. Take care and be well. Hello, this is Tara McDowell. I teach composition, literature, and film studies at Cascade Campus. I just know that we are all doing our best to stay healthy by practicing safe social distancing, and you should know that your teachers still care about you, and we are still dedicated to providing education for our students through the best means possible throughout spring term. I just want to give a shout out to IT at PCC who have worked tirelessly with faculty, staff, and students to get us up and running to teach remotely next week, and to our public safety officers and other essential PCC folks um, whose jobs are seen as essential and they're risking their health and wellness as they continue to go to work each day. And one last shout out to the students. We've got this and we will see you soon. Hi, this is Kurt Simons, the Dean of Instruction at the Cascade Campus. And I uh, just want to add my voice and uh, to the appreciation and thank you for all the faculty and staff who've worked so hard to uh, get our courses and uh, student services and other oper operations up uh, working remotely this term so that students can uh, continue their educations and uh, stay enrolled and, and do the work that they come to us to do. Uh, it's been a tremendous effort and uh, a lot of people have worked hard to make this happen and I really just want to appreciate um, the work and the thoughtfulness and the commitment that's gone into making this happen for our students in our community. Hope everyone is staying well, staying safe, staying in the house, except for maybe those walks where they cross the street to avoid other people. Um, but uh, hopefully this won't go on forever and we will be able to return to campus and regular life sometime soon. Um, stay well, look forward to seeing you all again, and uh, thanks once again for all that you've done. Bye.